the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What was your favorite breakfast cereal when you were a kid? Is Mm. it still a favorite today? No. What was it? Um, There were a couple. I liked Apple Jacks a lot. Okay. Um, And then uh, sugar, sugar pops. I liked sugar pops. I liked corn pops. Yeah, or maybe really that's good. it. Maybe that's it. The corn yellow pops. ones. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that sugar was it. Sugar pops are brown. And then uh, I, I did like Rice Krispies too, with like a teaspoon of sugar. <laughs> oh, wow. But I well, wouldn't. I don't like any of that. It just even the, when I just said that, mm-hmm. just too I, sweet. We weren't allowed to have any of that stuff except like once in a great while, so it was a big treat. But when I could pick, it was corn pops. Well, Ranker rated the best breakfast series of cereals of all time, coming at number ten. Kevin's favorite, Apple Jacks, hmm. followed by Captain Crunch Berries, Cocoa Pebbles, Captain Crunch, you know, the regular one, Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, third place went to Honey Nut Cheerios, second place Frosted Flakes, and the number one breakfast cereal of all time, Cinnamon yeah. Toast Crunch. What? Yeah. People love it. Huh. You know yeah. what I would eat if it, calories didn't matter? What? Is Cracklin' Oat Bran. Yeah. That is good stuff. Have and you ever had it? No, but just the word. I mean, if I'm indulging, it better not have the words oat and bran in it. It tastes like oatmeal <laughs> cookies, though. Like sugary oatmeal cookies. Tracy, so my, good. my wife, she loved Captain Crunch. Yeah. But yeah, she's always been a sucker for a man in uniform, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, you wear a cycling uniform. So. so have you ever found like cash in a pocket of a jacket and mm-hmm. you're like, yes, great feeling. It's the best feeling when you find something that you especially that you lost. We're going to talk about that next. I found something I lost the other day that I've been missing for a long time. And you would think that I had won the lottery. Was it your sanity? (laughs) No, I haven't found that yet. (laughs) I'm still looking. But no, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but my husband and I moved for the first time in a really, really long time. And I misplaced like three or four things. And I'm like, "Ah." and you go down this downward spiral. You're like, what is wrong with me? Like, how could I just be so irresponsible? How could I? Maybe they're all in the same box. And the big thing that I was missing was my prescription sunglasses, which anyone who knows what it's like to have prescription sunglasses knows how bad it is when you lose them. Yeah, no kidding. And I found them. I'm like so happy. It's like, like I said, I feel like I won the lottery. And I don't know if I'm the only one. Like, you misplace something and you go through this downward spiral. Like, what? What are you just a slob? Like, why can't you even keep track of your stuff? Because <laughs> that's where, that's like what it's it can be like. You go the downward spiral. I know a lot of women do it too, did my you, friends. Uh, did you sing Amazing Grace over them? They once, oh, were once lost, was lost, and now, now they're, they're found. found. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do you know someone having a baby soon coming up? If mom-to-be does this, she's twice as likely to have a girl. Hey, do you know someone expecting a baby soon? If a mom-to-be does this... She's twice as likely to have a baby girl. And it is be stressed before the pregnancy. 
This is pretty. I've never mm. heard this before. Researchers aren't sure why, but one theory is that high concentrations of stress hormone cortisol can have an effect on hormones, which influence whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. And moms who had girls had almost double the cortisol levels compared to moms who had boys. I guess they can take a clip of your hair and see how stressed you've been like the past couple of years. So my mom, she must have been so stressed out because she, oh. they have five girls. If you thought those cortisol levels were high before you had daughters, <laughs> wait till yeah. after Seriously. you have daughters. <laughs> A little eight-year-old boy named Jackson from Hazleton, PA, saved his baby sister Lila's life. And you're going to be surprised to know where he learned what to do. Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) Lila started choking on a chicken nugget, and this little boy sprang into action and saved her. He had been watching a TV show called The Substitute, where celebrities go undercover as substitute teachers. And John Cena posed as Mr. Barnes and taught the class CPR using and including how to do the Heimlich on babies. Here to teach you about CPR. He played such a good dorky like (laughs) substitute. It was hilarious. Um, Dad was so grateful of the dad of this little baby girl because he was driving and little Lila was completely silent. She never even coughed or struggled or anything. And thankfully, her big brother saw it. Hmm. And saved her life. Wow. What a, hero. what a little hero. Yes. Taylor, have you heard about the movie, uh, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles? Oh, I just saw the trailer. It looks really good, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Oh, my gosh, it does. And what a time for a movie like that, you know, bringing some hope for everybody because we've all been through so much. Yeah, it's it looks like such a strong story. It's about this little girl, Sarah, who she takes God at his word. And when she hears her preacher say faith can move mountains, she's like, OK. And she starts praying and God starts answering all her prayers. But then she gets all this media attention. And that takes a toll on her. You can see the trailer right now at thegirlwhobelievesinmiracles.com. And as a really cool side note, the guy that produced the film, he's 98 years old, and it's the first movie he's ever produced. <laughs> it's so cool. That's like the old man who believed yeah. in miracles. Yeah, Lauren Daigle's got her song, You Say, in there. And uh, the trailer, I, I, like I said, you got to watch it. It looks so good. And it gets a 94% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So people are loving this movie. Check it out now, thegirlwhobelievesinmiracles.com. You ever planted a seed and then you wait, you watch, and you hope. We're going to talk about that next. You were mentioning when you plant something and you have mm-hmm. to wait and wait and wait and wait and mm-hmm. wait. First thing that came to mind for me was when God plants seeds of faith in us. That's actually what and I was he, about to talk about. You've got to wait and wait and wait yeah. and wait and wait. It's so true. Yeah, I was I was hanging out in my backyard yesterday. And as you know, Glenn and I just moved for the first time in a really, really, really long time. And... um The flowers that are popping out, because we moved in, you know, right before Thanksgiving, and now it's springtime, and like all of a sudden, out of the blue, this one bush had three of the most beautiful red roses I've ever seen, and I was like, Mm. that's in my own yard, (laughs) because I do not have a green thumb, so I'm hoping and praying I don't kill anything. But I was thinking about the couple, this really sweet couple who sold us their house, uh, Dan and Cheryl, and they, they listened to the Kevin and Taylor show. Hmm. And when they planted all these flowers that are popping up, I mean, there's azaleas, there's roses. I'm just like, uh, hydrangeas. I've never been able to keep hydrangeas alive before. Those are really pretty. And um, when they planted all that, they didn't know that they were going to sell the house. They had no plans of moving. And I was thinking about how I get to 
you know, have the fruits of their labor, the money they spent, the time they spent. And it made me think about the kids in our lives. You know, I've got 11 nieces and nephews, whether you're a parent or you're maybe you're like my friend Heidi, who can't have kids either like me. And so she's a mentor to two young girls in the inner city. And like you said, Kev, you're trying to plant these seeds of faith in these kids lives. And you don't know. You wait now. You pray and you wait and you hope I have one mom in my life who she sends her sons have rejected her faith so much that she sends emails to them every week about faith and just says a prayer. And the one son said, Mom, I finally read a couple of them the other day. I really needed to hear what you said. Hmm. And she waited for years for her son to say that, that I read your emails sharing your faith with me again, you know, because of course she shared her faith with them all growing up as they were little boys. So I just wanted to encourage you, if you're at that stage where you planted the seed, you watered it, you fertilized it, and now you're just waiting and and praying. And all you can smell is the fertilizer. (laughs) (laughs) My wife and I were having a spirited chat last night, and maybe you've had a similar chat with your better half about who, in fact, makes most of the decisions in the house. We're going to talk about it next. So maybe you and your better half have had a similar discussion, but my wife and I were talking about who makes the decisions for the most part around the house. And I was saying, oh, it's her. Like, she's making the decisions. And she said, no, it's not. It's you. And she she gave an example of we just had a fence installed uh, around our backyard. And she said, when we had the fence installed, I got three estimates and you chose from those three which one you like the best. And I said, no. I I listened to the your assessment of the three estimates, and I went with which one you were most enthusiastic about. That's the one I went with. Same thing with we're having some yard work done, and I said I'm I'm totally reading reading your enthusiasm and how trustworthy you think someone is, how reasonable pricing they are, what type of job you think they're going to do. I can tell by your demeanor. Which one you want to go with? And that is 100%. That's the one I'll go like, oh, go with that one. And you'll go, really? And I'll go, yeah. So it's your decision. I'm just I'm just kind of like uh, validating it or, or saying like, good call, honey. Go with that one. But it's your decision. She was the pom-pom girl. Now you're her pom-pom boy. You cheer her on. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says no, that that's not true, that, 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 that it's my decision. That if I were to say, like, I think you should go with landscaper number two. That she would. I'm like, she I wouldn't would, push back a little bit. But go, I would never I do that. Landscaper two is better. I would never do that, and that's my point. So, <laughs> kind Kevin you and Taylor, crack me, up. Kevin and Taylor audience. Would you please call and tell Tracy that I'm right, please? <laughs> so we're talking about the fact that in my house, and I think in most households, it's not the husband making the decisions; it's the wife. Am I right here? Well, Kevin, as long as you've been married by now, you all know that uh, even if you're right. You're still wrong. Oh, my gosh. You guys. I would love to hear someone interview my husband about this, and I'm behind a two-way mirror. He won't speak freely. (laughs) No, he wouldn't know I was there. Like In other words, a reconnaissance secret interview to hear what he would say. Because if we called him right now, he would have to, you know, he would know I'm listening. He would give the husband answer. Oh, no, honey, we're we're 50-50. But he knows. He's not. He is not 50-50. Yes, sir. You know, having uh, dogs, cats, goldfish, a salamander, whatever, whatever pet you have, it can, it can be like having another kid. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, especially if they have a medical emergency, 
it can be even harder because you have no idea what they're feeling because they can't talk to you, right? You right. know, if they're not acting right or whatever, but, you know, they can't tell you like, oh, it, it really is bothering my tummy or whatever. Well, one of my buddies, his dog Murph ate something and was not acting right. And it got to the point where he had to take him in on the weekend. And I don't know if you've ever gone to the vet on the weekend, but that's an expensive proposition. And they were like, he's eaten something. We need to keep him overnight and see if he passes it. Mm-mm. He did not. So they had oh, to, no. they had to operate. And it turns out it was like some like kid's toy or something. The dog <gasps> ate. Uh Oh, so anyhow, um, he has him home for the first night last night. And poor Murph is he's like 90 pounds. He's a big dog. He's got the cone of shame. He's moping around. And uh, here's the the update. He went to bed at 1045 at 1 a.m. He wanted to go out at 130 a.m. Get back up to give him pain meds and a sedative restless at 230. <laughs> he started he was doing the circle thing to oh, make his gosh. nest comfy. Um Slept until 5.30, went out and did his business. I'm just going to stay up at this point. <laughs> uh, that's the one thing about animals. Like People don't think through the commitment. Right. Especially when they don't feel well. Right. And when you when you adopt that, that dog or that cat, they're going to do stuff that is beyond stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're dogs or cats or whatever. They're going to get into stuff. And you got to be prepared to... To help them out with the time, the effort, and the money that it takes for those vet visits. Did you develop some COVID curves in the past year? Coming up, you're going to love this new style trend. Did you develop some COVID curves this past year? I refuse to call them pandemic pants. <laughs> They're COVID curves. Thank you very much. Uh, you're going to love this new style trend. Skinny jeans are out and wide leg baggy jeans are in. <laughs> Skinny jeans lasted about 10 years and they say they're not going away completely, mm-hmm. but many of us are opting for a much looser fit. They used to be called mom jeans or boyfriend jeans. Gen Z seems to love baggy jeans the most. And uh, I've heard dads everywhere are thrilled that their daughters aren't wearing tight skinny yeah, jeans Yeah, no anymore. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> It's not, it's not that skinny jeans are out. It's just that no one can get them up and on anymore after the last year, right? I think it's more necessity than fashion at this point. We got an email from one of our listeners, Kev, and they're having a little bit of a dilemma with stimulus checks. They decided to give their daughter hers and keep their sons. I'll tell you what's going on next. So a couple um, emailed us, the Kevin and Taylor Show, and they they really wanted some advice from our listeners. And we're going to keep it anonymous so that they have their privacy. But basically, they have uh, two kids in their young 20s. And they love them very much. Great kids. But they're like as different as night and day. And daughter's in college, lives on her own, works a full-time job, paying for her own apartment, got student loans to fund her schooling. Their son is living at home trying to find himself, and he spends most of his time in his room playing games, and he doesn't have a job yet, and he doesn't really seem to want one. And so when the stimulus checks came out, um, since the, her husband and she are head of household and both you know still dependents, all the checks came to them. So they decided their daughter, she could really use this money. It'll go towards books and things she needs. Their son 
because he lives there for free, eats their food and everything, they kept his stimulus check. Mm. And he found out. And their son is furious with them. So they want to know if they did the right thing and what they should do now that their son is so mad at them. So if you have some advice for this couple going through this dilemma with the stimulus checks, we'd love to hear from you. Hey, Marcus. I just called a comment on the uh, the parents. Yeah, with the uh, stimulus, with the stimulus check. check and the kids. Yeah, they gave the the check to the daughter, but not the son because the son's living at home and they figured it would cover household expenses. But the son's not too happy about it. That's okay. He'll get over it. <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. As long as you continue to live up under your parents' roof, you have only one responsibility, and that is to make decisions about how you're going to get out of your parents' house. <laughs> That's, good. That's the only responsibility <laughs> you so have. That's true, but it's hilarious. As far as being entitled to something that your parents receive, they're the ones that allocate what you get, when you get it, how much of it you get, or if you don't get it at all. <laughs> so, with, so with that being said, he has no responsibility. I mean, it's not like he's, he's, uh has a job or his car broke down. No. Or, you know, if he was in the neighborhood doing yard work for the neighbors and maybe, you know, his riding lawnmower broke and it needed to be fixed or something, mm-hmm. then, you know, of course uh-huh. I would give him money. That's but I'm a good not point. Going, I'm, I'm not going to assist him in doing nothing. I mean, no, the parents did the absolute right thing. All right. All sounds right, like, Marcus, sounds like you thanks were, for calling. You are a level-headed man. He can wait for a gaming system. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. He's in the room playing games. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely not. Kudos to the parents. They did the right thing. Keep up the great work. Hey, if you're feeling a little down, this could be just the pick-me-up you need today. Coffee. <laughs> no, no extra caffeine. Get out a pen and paper and write a gratitude letter. It's slightly longer and more meaningful than a thank you note. That's the way you can think of it. You're offering thanks to someone for making a difference in your life. So why does it work when you're feeling down? Well, it makes you feel good and it makes the person you wrote the letter to feel great. And the main reason we don't write more gratitude letters, because it can be awkward, (laughs) but it's totally worth it. At first, you may write letters to obvious people in your life, like a good friend, your spouse. But the next step is to challenge yourself and write a gratitude letter to someone in your life who is the least likely to get any recognition or thanks. You know how people make those memes, Instagram versus reality? And, you know, like they'll show like the beautiful kitchen table and then behind the scenes there's like toys everywhere and it's a (laughs) mess. Well, our producer Griffin basically had that happen in real life with his kids. We're going (laughs) to find out what happened. Next, So we were talking earlier about how there's Instagram and reality versus reality. And there's always a difference. Uh, And when people give you the behind the scenes, you're like, oh, so the other picture was like the perfect Facebook picture or perfect Instagram picture. And you had something similar happen with your kids, Griff? Yeah, yeah. I'm totally guilty of that. Um, you know, posting the highlights like we talk about all yeah. the time. Highlight and reels. I especially Kevin calls do it, it, yeah, with my son Thatcher when he's out playing t-ball. You know, he's hitting the ball or running fast or really engaged. You know, 
um, with the plate or whatever is going on. Right. And I'll post that, and that'll be it. And it looks like he's having a great time at T-ball and everything. You never show him the picture of him throwing his glove up in the air. Right. Out it, in right field. And, and that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and yesterday, I was out there at his game, and I was helping him in the field. And uh, he was doing exactly that, kind of not paying attention, literally playing in the dirt. <laughs> At one point, he was like on his belly in the dirt as the game is going no on. No way! Yeah. On like, his belly? Like not paying attention at all. He just wasn't in the mood for the game. And uh, there were tears at some point. Oh, man. And I may have had to threaten him a few times. Oh, like, no. hey, buddy, oh. I'm start taking toys away if you don't stand up. Like, stand up. They're about to hit the ball to you. Like, pay attention. <laughs> okay, can I, can I ask a, a question that's going to require a lot of honesty on your part? Yeah. Are you willing to be honest? Okay. Was any of it your own ego that you were, like, embarrassed that your kid was that kid? Of course I'm embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I want my kid. Like, you don't have to be the best out there, but at but least. Don't, but don't be that kid. Don't lay don't down on your dirt. belly. Like, he's covered in dirt, not from playing baseball. Not from, from playing slide. in the dirt. <laughs> Oh, man. Especially because baseball is such a passion of yours, and you yeah. played when you were a kid, yeah. and yeah, it's ramped up. Yeah. Well, as a lifelong Orioles fan, he may have potential to play for them one day. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about with Griffin when his son embarrassed him out on the baseball field. His son was not yeah. paying attention to the game, was playing in the dirt while he was supposed to be holding down first base. And uh, yeah, for any dad, that can be a humiliating moment (laughs) t-ball or not (laughs) so let's talk about that have your kids ever embarrassed you while they've been you know doing their best or or maybe not doing their maybe purposely not doing their best out on the sports field we'd love to hear from you kayla it happens to every mom and dad at one point your your child's out on the field out on the court and they're not exactly representing the family well (laughs) what happened to you wasn't exactly the child on the field. I had a three-year-old playing t-ball. He was on second base. His dad was out there with him. And the two-year-old was playing on the playground. He didn't think nothing of it. And then I look up, and the two-year-old is behind the little shed that is directly behind the field with his pants down going pee because he had recently been potty trained. <laughs> yeah. So he thought he was hiding when he was going to the bathroom, but didn't realize that the field was right there. His dad was mortified. They're now 9 and 10, almost 11. Oh, they're still and at the age where that, that story is like probably they, they can't handle hearing it at this point. They got to get yes. a little older before they'll laugh at it. Yeah, they laugh at their little brother who's five. He whips it out wherever and goes to the bathroom. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. All my kids do it. I guess their dad taught them how to do that. Because oh, no. I did it. Tell us about a time when your kid didn't perform up to your expectations on the field and the embarrassment that it caused. I'll do you one better. It was two of my kids. They were probably six years old and they were playing t-ball and they were out put in the outfield side by side (laughs) never never a good idea for brothers and the ball got hit and it landed right between uh, the gray area of whose ball it was (laughs) (laughs) one boy ran to get it he missed it um the other one went to pick it up then it became a fist fight (laughs) no Anything but angels in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs>
There were no halos out there that day. <laughs> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.